All right, guys, welcome to the Fight to Finish podcast. On this episode, Cece and I talk with somebody that we've talked about on the podcast before. We wrangled them in and they sat down and talked with us. And, uh, you know, at the time of filming this or recording this, I should say, uh, currently the whole state of California is on lockdown due to the coronavirus COVID-19. Everybody is pretty much working from home if they can or allowed to, minimizing contact. But despite that, Cece and I are still getting great contact for you guys' ears with great guests like this one coming up. We hope you guys enjoy it. Alright guys, welcome to the Fight to Finish podcast. My name is R1S, and with me is my lovely co-host, Cece. And today we are, we have a special guest. Uh, we've talked about him a few times on our podcast. Uh, he is the one and only Coach Sean um, Fender. Uh, he is Cece's coach, right, Cece? Yeah, so this is a coach that I've talked about before that <laughs> helped me win that... Uh that competition <laughs> last year crossfit coach well sean welcome to the podcast we appreciate you uh, joining us today yeah excellent thank you guys for having me this is a great opportunity i'm looking forward to adding to your <laughs> list of guests <laughs> so sean for our listeners who don't know you um why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself like where did you grow up what do you do these days? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I grew up down in Southern California. Currently, I uh, am CC's coach, as you mentioned, and I work over uh, for uh, Team Exos, where I do CrossFit coaching, personal training, Olympic lifting. Um, been doing that for about the last year and a half or so. Um, but yeah, before that, like I was saying, I got started. Uh, growing up down in Southern California in uh, in San Pedro, if you've ever been down that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, played football in high school. Yeah, so I went to school in Santa Cruz, mm -hmm. uh, UC Santa Cruz, where I majored in earth science uh, and played some rugby there. Uh, that's where I kind of got introduced to CrossFit and went to CrossFit Santa Cruz for a few years while I was finishing up school. Um, got into it. You know, I was a broke college student, so I was mopping the floors and you know, <laughs> greasing barbells to, to pay my way through that. I uh, had some great coaching and really just kind of fell in love with the sport through that. Uh, it wasn't until I moved back Long Beach after school that I kind of got into competing and uh, it kind of just took off from there. And, and I spent a few years really trying to, to push it and, you know, make it to the regional level, make it to, um, you know, the CrossFit games as a team, um, made a few, few attempts doing that and uh that didn't quite pan out and ultimately found olympic weightlifting which i've been kind of doing more consistently for the last couple of years i'm um, just focusing in on that um yeah so that's kind of my my story in a nutshell as nice. far as fitness goes so at what point did you become a crossfit coach and what kind of led you to that mm, that's a great question <laughs> so i it, pretty much what drove me to becoming a CrossFit coach was the fact that I didn't want to pay the CrossFit dues. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I mean, there was that. There was definitely a portion of it. And I also, um, I just had a passion for teaching. I, I was a tutor 
um, like math and science tutor through college. Oh, cool. And so I just, I enjoyed coaching and teaching. And so I started um, looking for gyms when I got back to Long Beach, found a gym that was willing to kind of take me on. Um, I didn't have any money. So they, they helped me get my, my level one, my CrossFit level one. And then I kind of just worked for free to kind of pay that off. And then oh, nice. after that, I stuck around for a little while. Um, yeah, I bounced around to a few gyms. It was uh, CrossFit Modern down in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I moved up to up here for a little while. And I started coaching at uh, Marvelous CrossFit, um, which is now Marvelous Performance. Uh, and then back to Long Beach and did some more coaching there. And um, and now I'm finally back here again. So yeah, it was really kind of, uh, you know, after mopping the floors and, and not having to pay dues, I was like, all right, how can I make this work, uh, in the long term? And yeah, it turned out to be a great decision. I really enjoy coaching. Nice. What was your experience like with your first client? Were you nervous? Were you just kind of like, oh, I got this. This is easy. <laughs> first client. So, I mean, I started just teaching classes. So when I, when I was teaching classes originally, I was a little nervous. I was pretty green. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's funny to see new coaches sometimes. Like at Google, we have some interns who come through and, and I can just, I can kind of see myself in some of them. You just, you end up trying a little bit harder. You bring a little more energy. It's, it's a little bit of like, like a false sense of confidence that you just got to like thrust on the class to convince yourself that you got it um (laughs) and you know you're you're using cues that that are all super wordy and over explaining things and and people are looking at you a little funny but you know you kind of get your grounding and and luckily i had some some good people to learn from there uh back at crossfit modern um jason jameson he's a good friend of mine and uh he he helped me kind of we, we used to coach classes in tandem. He had some big classes sometimes. And oh, cool. It was great. You know, I'd be able to learn from him and we'd bounce off each other and just make it kind of a fun atmosphere. I got a, yeah, definitely nervous initially <laughs> as a coach. I got a quick question. Um, you know, yeah. I think we've talked about this a few times on the podcast. Uh, how is CC as a coach? Oh my God. I kind of want to know because <laughs> obviously I can't, can, I can't be there because uh, I can't see it. So I'm really you know? curious to see her as a coach. It's actually been a little while since I've seen you coach, DC. Yeah. I mean, since... obviously we're, we're on quarantine, so that's been a little bit. Yeah, but for sure. I, did, I took one of your classes right before the end, didn't I? Uh, which class was it? Was it this year or last year? No, you talked about it recently. Like, you, ta- you talked about it in January. Yeah, you talked about one recently. Yeah. Maybe January. But no, CC's a good coach. Um, when we were, when we were starting off, I could see a little bit of, of like I was talking about where, <laughs> Sometimes you're, uh, you know, you, you start talking, not necessarily you, but like people in general, we, we'll, we'll start with a cue and you, you start going down a train of thought and then you're like, kind of forgot where I was going with this, but yep. you stick with it. <laughs> um, and then uh, you kind of circle back to something that, that makes some sense. And, you know, people are nodding and you're like, okay, all right. I think that, I think that worked, but you know what? It's tough, man. CrossFit athletes, they will give you like no feedback like you're like looking for <laughs> acknowledgement on their face like did they understand what i just said and just blank stares so but no cc's been really good i, I think she's because because she was shadowing me for a little bit which really just turned into you know she was coaching my classes for me <laughs> okay and, uh, 
which was great. No, she, she definitely gained some more confidence as, mm. um, as she continued to learn more about the Olympic lifts herself and, and some of the more complex things. But yeah, I think you're, I think you're a good coach. I, you know, we should take another class together as soon as the, uh, quarantine's over. Quarantine's over. Quarantine's and my over. shoulders yeah. no longer messed up and. Well. <laughs> when I stop hating snatches, <laughs> that's never going to happen. Well, hold on. <laughs> Before we get too, too far and, and CC, you know, starts asking other questions. Um, you said earlier you, you were, you got into like, you're, you're doing, your primary focus now is a lot of Olympic lifting. Uh, what are some of your numbers pre quarantine? Pre quarantine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, because I feel unless you're, you're getting after it at home, you know, uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I do not have a barbell. You, like I showed you my place before this. It is, it is like a the size of a garage. Uh, it's built on top of a garage. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um. Let's see. So I was snatching um around like two sixty. Um. I, I you know I'm still bad with kilos. People are gonna. Two sixty uh, on the snatch, and then um, three twenty was what I hit in the last competition I did on mm. the clean and jerk. So in the neighborhood of those, but yeah, I, I'm a little hesitant to see what it's going to be. As soon as <laughs> it's over. This is all over. Uh, out of curiosity, which has been a harder discipline to learn, like the CrossFit uh, movements, obviously it's, it's all kind of interchangeable or has been, or has it, you know, a lot of the technical movements in Olympic lifting mm-hmm. really been the biggest challenge for it. Because I think, you know, for me being from somebody that does like jujitsu and then start getting into CrossFit and then doing some of these Olympic lifts, I'm like, they're a lot more, there's a lot more technique than I thought initially, right? You know, and it becomes yeah. easier and easier the, the better and better my technique is. And that doesn't, I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> I'm greatest. <laughs> I've CC has, has seen me literally during the open smash a barbell on my face. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, which has been the, the hardest to learn really that was it just the CrossFit or like really diving deep into the Olympic lifting has been really the toughest. Um, they, they both been challenging in different ways. And I think they each discipline, you know, CrossFit and then Olympic lifting, they were both better suited for better p- periods in my life. Mm. Um, so CrossFit's difficult in that in order to become really good at it, you have to put in a lot of volume. Mm, you have okay. to just do a lot of work to simultaneously get stronger, get um, faster from a cardio uh, vascular muscular endurance standpoint to be able yeah. to last longer. And all that stuff just takes a lot of time and a lot of volume. Um, as I've gotten, you know, more involved and I'm in, you know, paramedic school now and I'm, um, coaching a lot more and kind of supporting myself more, it's harder to put in that much volume. Um, yeah. And so that's where like Olympic lifting, you can, you, you don't need quite as much. You don't need two hour, two and a half hour sessions per day to get it done. I mean, if you consistently put in an hour to an hour and a half, if you're efficient, you can, you can make strides, you can make gains for, for a good little while. And maybe that's just, because of where I'm at in the sport, maybe I'm still um, getting some of those beginner gains. <laughs> but I suppose that's probably my answer. Yeah. But neither one is necessarily harder than the other. It's it's kind of like, uh, you know, what flavor of shit sandwich do you want to eat? So. <laughs> For sure. 
I want all the flavors. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so, Sean, as a coach, what would you say is your biggest pet peeves with clients? And if I do it, let me know. Cause... Ooh, I want to know. Ooh. I want to know. <laughs> you know, okay, so there's really only one pet peeve that I have that when I see people, it just makes me cringe. And it's only because I believe that everybody can fix this thing. And it's when I see people rowing with really bad form, like on the concept to row. Oh. It's a very narrow pet peeve, but it just shows me a, a kind of laziness. And I'm just like, please, please. <laughs> you know, it actually, it, it bothers me more when I see uh, people's personal training clients and they're rowing poorly. And it's just such an easy fix. I don't know. That's my. And you just want to like stop it and fix it. Yeah. And you're just like, please. Stop it and fix it and, yeah. Show people what they look like. It, it, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably it. Let's see. Something that maybe Cece might. Do. Oh, yes, please. Oh, mm. yeah. Arwen would love to know. I don't know. Um, I mean, Cece shows up ready to work and she's. Yeah. She, yeah, she, even if she's tired, like, you know, somebody can tell when she's tired, but she won't. You know, it doesn't show show up in her work ethic. She'll still put in her when she's her, show up to work. Yeah, when she does, when she shows up to work, she might be tired. I get what you're saying, and um, yeah, but, but it never shows. It, yeah, like when once she starts working, it's like okay, I, I couldn't tell you yeah. were tired. Yeah, I get that. I've seen it hurt uh, in the competitions too, uh, like the fitness competition. Like I could tell she was tired in between rounds, but when it when she, when it was time to go, she kind of just let whatever adrenaline or whatever energy she had left. She just kind of put it out there. Yeah. Pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. I argue with Sean a lot. You argue with him? Yeah. What do you mean? Okay. She gives me a little sass. Yeah. Oh, a little sass? You can, I'm a married to her. Can you imagine how much sass she gives oh, me? Oh, I'm sure you get so much. Oh, yeah. all the time. For no reason. I'll be sitting there yeah. and I get sass. I'm like, what? I'm on my phone. I'm not even doing anything to you. Yeah, I can remember kind of like the first time she started sassing me like, oh, we must be like real friends now. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that was after I, I came to your, your wedding. <laughs> I think that's that's when the sass got like turned up and oh. I'm like, all right, yep. <laughs> cool. sounds I'll about take right. That as a sign of uh, a so, sign of like friendship. <laughs> yes, we, we never <laughs> talked about this. Uh, we haven't even talked about our wedding yet. But uh, you know, maybe for our listeners, um, so Sean was there. What did you think of our Nerf War concept? Because during our wedding, oh, we yeah. we kind of surprised everybody with a well, we told everybody to bring their own Nerf gun. But if yeah. you didn't. We still had a bunch. We had some, which it turned out some of them didn't even work. We're like, dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, I got, I got saddled with one of those. <laughs> like, oh, work. Um, huh. No, I thought that was epic. I thought that was a, a great battle. Um, it was very intense. Uh, yeah. Then, then the, when the water balloons came, came out, out, I think that was my favorite part. Balloons, yeah. 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 So, yeah. It definitely was one for the books for me in terms of uh, not only did I get hat partial. No, I got totally soaked. Never mind. You did. I got totally soaked, but. Um, when we were cleaning up after the day after, there was just darts everywhere. Yeah, I was like, "How did it get all the way over here?" And anyway. there were there were a couple of you guys that had like <laughs> these Nerf guns. I was so stunned. I'm like, "Where do these even come from? These are not kids' toys. These are like 
They were they were intense. <laughs> oh yeah, some of my well, buddies it's because Arwen's friends. They all used to play airsoft together. Yeah, we used that okay. was like their thing, and so they're all like, "Guns, we need the best <laughs> Nerf guns." Yeah, so yeah. they they splurged a little bit and went on the hey, upgrade. <laughs> it's gonna be one of the great things. Like once you have kids, you can like you can justify. Oh, some of those. Believe purchases. me, it's it's, <laughs> it's in my uh, my tool bag to do that when when we start having kids for sure. Uh, Um, I was going to ask you something about that wedding. Oh, there's this video of you, Sean, and you're like throwing this water balloon. And I was like, holy shit, Sean can throw a water balloon because it does like it didn't just like go straight. It had like this curve. And I think it ended up hitting Arwen. And I was like, that was a beautiful (laughs) throw. We got to find it. Remember? I don't remember. I'll have to find it. It was in one of the videos. I think it was like. Someone, it was like from someone's phone. Oh, okay. Does, All right. Well, yeah, put me down on your team next time as well. <laughs> in terms of, uh, you know, uh, that brings a good question. You played rugby in, you said college, right? Yes. How much of, is that athleticism translated into, uh, what you're doing now with CrossFit? And now you said you're in, you know, paramedic school. Um, like how, how much is that athleticism in your youth? played a role into your your current um occupation yeah i honestly quite a bit i mean my my youth was always you know so i'll just let you know like as a kid i was pretty reckless you know <laughs> my my friend's parents just they cringed like when i some of the things i would come up with <laughs> um, and i've got some scars to prove it oh but but yeah i i think um some of those things and then football and then into rugby and then into CrossFit, it's kind of been like learning risk assessment in real time. Mm. So figuring out, you know, you make a mistake, you know, you get an injury or you, you know, you break something. Maybe it's not necessarily your body and, uh, and you learn, (laughs) you learn from it. Um, and, and those lessons have definitely stayed with me. There's things that I, don't do or there are things that I used to do that I don't do anymore that I kind of attribute to you know the trial and error of life yeah life in general so you know and and I think in firefighting um there's definitely like a risk reward to like a lot of things and you got to kind of um you know be able to weigh those out and so having kind of a well calibrated you know risk detection device is is good Mm. Um, as far as like specific examples, um, I mean, you know, rugby was, was great. It actually, you know, getting injured in rugby is, is part of why, how I found CrossFit. Uh, I injured out like my second year playing and then I was, uh, you know, over the summer, uh, ended up finding CrossFit just looking for something that I could do, um, you know, to kind of get myself ready for the next season. And I just kind of never went back. Oh, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed CrossFit too much, I think. And I, and it, I just never wanted to injure myself and, and take myself out of it. Yeah. After I found it. So yeah. Nice. I don't know. Did I answer your question? I'm absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about having, um, you know, find you, you know, as reckless as you said you were, I, I think, there's great value in that, that experience in terms yeah, of, you know, yeah. kind of figuring out like, Oh, hold on. That was stupid. Maybe I shouldn't do that again. 
And now as an adult, you're like, oh, okay, hold on. You know, like, like you said, risk assessment, you're, you're able to kind of translate your, your own experience of like, whatever, you know, jumping off of something and be like, okay, hold on. That's not the wisest thing. But even now, even, you know, you as a coach can be like, hold on, I've been there before. That's kind of, that doesn't look good. Maybe you should pump the brakes there a little bit. (laughs) You know what I mean? So no, that's absolutely a great, great answer. Um, so along the same lines of getting injured, um, obviously there's that stereotype about CrossFit and how everyone gets injured <laughs> because CrossFit's super dangerous and you don't do proper movements yeah. and kipping pull-ups aren't real. And yeah. right, there's like all these stereotypes that come with CrossFit, oh, yeah. but yet you still see people, they like look at CrossFitters like, you know, I'm going to talk hella shit about them, but I kind of want to be one too, but they're <laughs> yeah. intimidated to do it. So mm-hmm. um, what would you say to someone or what advice would you give someone that's wants to try CrossFit, but they're kind of scared either because they don't want to get injured or because they don't want to be made fun of? Because, you know, as soon as you join CrossFit, everyone's like, oh, you're one of those. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like some of that stigma kind of waning, you know, it's getting a little stale. You can... People making been making fun of the CrossFitters and and uh, calling out the injury rates forever. I mean, I don't know if you caught that. There was, oh man, what it, which one was it? But but CrossFit actually just won a lawsuit um, against the national uh, one of the governing bodies. They were claiming the injury rate for CrossFit was super high. Oh, and and yeah, they they got awarded you know millions of dollars for essentially liable. Oh, I think, it was uh, the National Strength and Conditioning Association. I think I saw that. Yeah. 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 Anywho, so it, it just goes to show that like some of those claims that people were going off of, you know, is all based on, on kind of these false statements by, you know, bad actors. Yeah. As far as, you know, there any sport is going to be inherently um, risky. There's, mm-hmm. there's risk associated with anything, uh, you know, and the biggest or the best thing you can do is just try to find the people that are invested in keeping you safe. And and so shop around for different gyms, try them out. I mean, if you have any experience with, with gyms or personal trainers or anything, you probably have a, at least a little bit of a, of a calibration for who, whose heart is in the right spot. Who's trying to just make a buck or <laughs> who's you know, push you to have good form and, and develop your skills in the right progression and not, you know, jump ahead three levels just <laughs> so you can get that Instagram picture. Right. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, so like, I guess, like I got a question. Oh, what, go what makes a great CrossFit coach then? I mean, what, what standards do you uphold that makes you so, I'll be quite, quite frank with you. Uh, you know, CC's worked with a number of trainers in the past and she's seen, nowhere as close up to the success that you've brought her um you know with doing personal training i mean she's worked with a few and and honestly she she hasn't been any uh, like she's really just happy with the progress she's made and the coach she's really impressed um with your coaching style so i guess you know what kind of standard do you uphold for yourself that makes it makes you such a great crossfit coach or just coach in general like what do you strive for I guess I, me, it's mostly about the movement quality. Mm. I'm always trying to push people 
to find whatever pattern movement is the best version that they can do. You know, everybody's got different bodies, different, you know, limitations that might may or may not be fixable. Yeah. But uh, there's still a, a best squat for any given person, a best overhead press, a best anything. And as long as you're just kind of unrelenting on those standards, people will, will get better. Um, I think a lot of coaches sometimes allow athletes to go for that max weight or yeah. you know, keep, yeah, keep pushing, you know, further than what their body's ready for. Yeah. So kind of just understanding and, you know, relaying to your athlete that once you get injured, you're going to make way slower progress than, mm-hmm. you know, any slight slowdown that I might give you just to, to hone in your skills and your, um, in your form. I think just mainly focusing on, on movement quality is, is kind of my, my cornerstone. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I, mean, I, make all my, I make all my athletes do Olympic lifting and I make them do gymnastics, which is kind of like the foundation of, of CrossFit. Yeah. And I think those two things, you know, Olympic lifting exposes any mobility issues that you have. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do a snatch and overhead squat if your shoulders are crap, if you're, you know, <laughs> uh, if your ankles are just totally locked up. Yeah. Um, so it kind of helps you kind of like, you know, troubleshoot and diagnose like the little bits and pieces that you can, you know, start to work on. And then the gymnastics just helps you get some body awareness. There's so many people who just don't have any idea what their body's doing in space. Well, I see it when I, when I make people go upside down, I mean, they have all the strength to do it and they don't know what they're, it's like, you know, it's like the, they don't know what their hands are doing. They're just, <laughs> <laughs> their their feet are upside down and I'm like, all right, straighten up. And then they like arch more and then it's like, okay, so let's bring it to the floor and slow it down and see if we can figure out what your body's doing. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's a big part of it too. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what are some things that you've seen in people that, you know, like maybe they either, they haven't been to the gym in, in a while or, uh, people that have never really been to a gym or worked out before. Um, what have you, what characteristics have you seen in people that are successful versus people that end up just kind of like fading out and they stop showing up? Well, let's see. So are you asking like what makes someone stay in the gym, keep at it longer? I mean, like what, like what characteristics do you see in a person that ends up being successful in the gym Uh, versus someone who kind of gives up. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I think the people who give up versus the people who are able to stick it out. One of the biggest differences is, are they comparing themselves to the other people around them? You know, if they come to the CrossFit gym and you know, they're in a class with a bunch of fire breathers and they, feel inadequate because they just started, you know, the odds are they're probably not going to stick it out versus the person who, um, kind of has some humility knows they're coming from, you know, from a place of, you know, they, they know how they got to where they yeah. were, right. 
they know that they they made some choices and they they've been sitting on the couch and they've been working they've been raising a family yeah yeah focusing on their careers like those are all perfectly fine things to do you just have to realize you know while you've been doing that these people were focusing on health and fitness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily better or worse but you have to realize that you know that's why you're starting from ground zero and that's why they're at level 10 yeah so you just have to kind of have some humility and you know the classic check your ego at the door and and then just put in the work and just come in every day and try not to overdo it pretty much yeah i think you know that there's I think a, like a lot can be said in like, at least with my experience through jujitsu, right? It's, it's very humbling when you can get choked oh, yeah. out by a 90 pound person, girl, even at that, you know, and it's just like, oh, hold on. You know, you kind of, like you said, check your ego at the door. You're honest with yourself and like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm as, I'm only here, well, I'm here and at my current state because I, you know, there's no excuse for it. Right. And I'm going to work at it to, to get better. I may not be like the X, Y, Z, you know, gym guy, yeah. but I'll be there. I'm one step closer than I was yesterday, you know, by yeah, showing absolutely. up. So yeah. Great. Yeah. And I think you got to kind of take the whole package into account. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you can't do the ring muscle up or, you know, whatever it may be, but you also have three kids. Yeah. And- yeah. You know, you also, you know, you just bought a house this year and like all of these things are contributing factors for sure. Yeah. Contributing factors are, they're part of, part of your life and nothing's happening in a vacuum. So. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um, so kind of shifting gears here, um, you're also a volunteer firefighter. This is true. Yes. <laughs> and so... What it, so maybe you can explain to us the difference between what a volunteer firefighter does versus what like a full time career firefighter does. Sure. Um. So our department actually is um, up here in in Kings Mountain is a little different than than some other volunteer departments. We're, we're actually like our own entity. We have our own um, fire engines, our own water tender, our own rescue. And so we respond to calls kind of in our, in our neighborhood here, um, alongside, uh, another, a career, um, fire department just, just down the way, but we're kind of just, uh, augmenting that ability. You know, we're a remote community up here. So response times would be a lot lower. Yeah. Um, people's, you know, fire insurance would be a lot more expensive. You know, there's, there's some, some things and we've just been around for a while, um, about 35 years this department's been around and with it comes uh some other perks we have like a community center that's kind of tied to the existence of the, the fire department in some other places volunteer departments are part of career departments mm-hmm. so there there might be like a like in Moon bay there's a a volunteer component to the existing coastside fire so they'll come out on like large events they might um they'll send out in the alarm, they'll get a, a, a text or a, their pages will go off and they'll, you know, augment them. As far as like career firefighters, they're, you know, obviously coming in day in and day out. They've got two days on four days off versus uh, us as volunteers. We just have a pager. We're all at home. 
And if it goes off, then we respond if we can. If, uh, you know, sometimes life happens, maybe you've had a beer that night or something, or, <laughs> you know, your, your girlfriend or your wife is, you know, needs you to stay. And it's like, there's no like obligation. It's just kind of, a yeah, the right thing. It's, it, it's really the expectation is, is just that you, you know, you respond when you can and, and yeah. when life gets in the way, you don't necessarily have to. So yeah. there's a bit of a balance there. I had a question and may, uh, yeah. maybe you can help clarify. So, um, with firefighters and I'm speaking generally, not directly, you know, uh-huh. at you, uh, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, obviously, actually, what's the biggest difference between a paramedic and an EMT? Um, because as a firefighter, you do have, you are a first responder, uh, or as firefighters, they, they are res- first responders. And oftentimes on a medical emergency, uh, a fire truck would be called like, what's the main difference there between a paramedic and an EMT or is there a difference? So in, in California, most fire engines have a paramedic mm. on there. So they're an uh, in, in advanced life support ALS units. So that's why they're typically, I mean, that's the reason why they have them is because they're typically the first ones on scene. So yeah. if there's, you know, advanced maneuvers that need to be done, like um, so some things that paramedics do that EMTs don't, um, they can start IVs, they can um, administer drugs, they can uh, intubate, um, and a handful of other uh, skills that that they learn over the course of like the extra year and a half of of training that they receive. And then your your EMTs, so there will typically be EMTs on the fire engine as well. Um, some cities they just have firefighter EMTs, um, in which case you know the fire engine might still be the first to show up, but they'll just be doing kind of basic life support until until the paramedics show up Got in the it. ambulance. Got it. Uh, yeah, so paramedics can be on a fire engine, they can be on an ambulance, and then in California, every firefighter is essentially at least an EMT. Got so, it. Yeah. Oh, thanks for clarifying. I, I mean. Uh, sorry, Cease, I know you have a, a, you know, a question in the no, queue. It's fine. Go ahead. But, um, in terms of, uh, I just want to draw it back. Like what, what, why did you want to pursue the, that, you know, uh, becoming a firefighter from, in addition to becoming a, or in addition to being a CrossFit coach? Um, you know, if you don't mind me asking what led you to, to, becoming a first responder because it is, it is very much a, it's a tough job, right? Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, you pursuing, um, and becoming a volunteer firefighter is a, is a, is a big step in, 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 in that. I guess, I, I mean, for me, it's, it kind of comes down to helping people out. I, I've always been interested in finding ways and, and levers you can pull to kind of be of service to, to people. So, you know, whether that was um, when I was tutoring um, in college or then CrossFit coaching. And then ultimately I found the volunteer department and, and decided that I wanted to do this full time. Mm. I guess it's all just kind of like part of the same vision of, of how can I, how can I find ways to, to help people? Yeah. And, and then, you know, CrossFit is, is all about preparing yourself for the unknown and the unknowable. It's kind of the old like CrossFit credo. Yeah. And 
and so I kind of think of of uh, firefighting as like the kind of the the reason to to train. So you know, for for me, CrossFit and training, there was a, a time where it was just about, or wasn't just about, but it was a lot about trying to be competitive and and go in that direction. Um, but now for me, it's more just about being ready for whatever comes my way. Yeah. And so kind of firefighting falls in line with that. I respect that. That's awesome. Very cool. What would you say has been uh, the most challenging part of the journey so far? Um, well, it's been longer, a longer journey than I thought. <laughs> um, there have been some, some moments that have, I won't say set me back, but just kind of taken me into in a different direction as, as far as life goes, uh, just made the process a little bit longer than I thought. Hmm. Uh, let's see. But even that wasn't too bad. It's the thing with firefighting, anybody who's gone through it and there's plenty of people who, you know, it took them five years, six years more to, to get on with the department. And it really comes down to as long as you don't give up, then you're, you know, unless you have like a felony on your record or something <laughs> like, you know, that's just unforgivable. That just keeps getting you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then as long as you don't give up, then it, it'll happen eventually. Yeah. You just keep doing all the things, keep finding and, and really just, you know, find a way to enjoy the journey. So I've been personally like looking into to ways to, to keep doing that. So, you know, ways, you know, I enjoy learning. So paramedic school is actually something I enjoy. Um, various like volunteer opportunities, like the fire department or some other things I'm doing. It's, uh, you know, it's all part of the, the journey. As long as you don't give up, you'll get there eventually. That's that's kind of a really key thing I've been hearing a lot of people say, and even in my own past stuff um, that I've done in myself, as long as long as you're you keep at it and enjoy the and enjoy the journey, um, I think you you'll your future is kind of just very bright. You know, uh, even pitfalls that you might encounter, mm-hmm. um, you kind of take it with stride and use those oppor- use those as opportunities to grow. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that surprised you that you didn't expect when you started as a volunteer firefighter? Mm. I didn't expect. I don't know. Maybe you thought you'd be rescuing kittens and you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't rescued any cats. Yeah, no cats and trees. Because I didn't sign up for yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite as many fires as I thought. You know, there's mm-hmm. uh, there's lots of fires. I, you know, I think I surprised. At, I was surprised at how much I liked the the medical side of things. And you know, I thought I was you know more of like the, the fast paced adventure and stuff. But I really enjoy some of some of the calls where I've kind of connected with people empathize with their situation and, and got to see like a window into, you know, the, the worst part of people's lives. Not that that's enjoyable, but to, to be able to help people on some of their worst days is, is pretty rewarding. Mm. And I mean, I guess that's not super surprising, but I, it was, 
definitely something that, that I noticed on a few calls that I'd been on. You yeah. come out the other end, you're like, oh, wow, that was, that was really meaningful. So. Yeah. Do you, ha- and maybe this is a personal question, too personal, and it's, it's okay if you don't want to answer. Do you find yourself having to compartmentalize some of the, some of the stuff you've seen or is it like you, you kind of learn from each one? Yeah, I am. I haven't had to compartmentalize anything yet. I I definitely, I mean, I do learn from them. Some of the the tougher calls. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm still waiting. I think. Got it. That, that, that type of call or or that type of call that's going to get to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard, I've talked with other firefighters who've been doing this a lot longer and, you know, everybody has that group of people that, that really gets them. So maybe it's, I mean, for a lot of people, it's, it's calls involved kids or Mm. maybe um, somebody who resembles a family member or, you know, it could be a mass casualty incident. I mean, there, there are just certain things that, that hit people in different ways. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm still, still too green. Yeah. Still too green. (laughs) Right. I haven't had that yet. haven't had enough. I mean, you know, I I think, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, random, and this is, um, you'll probably get a kick out of this, but recently CC took up a new show because she likes to get, she likes to binge watch Netflix a lot. She has been Netflix. What is it on? It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's, on, it's on Amazon There's Prime. There's nothing left on Netflix. <laughs> oh, you got through the whole Netflix. She got, yeah. Yeah, well, she... there's not that many good shows on Netflix anyways. <laughs> wow. Netflix is going to straight up this like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're clearly not, not sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> um, so, I mean, after Friends was gone, it's like, what's left? Oh, my God. <laughs> but the new show that she's on that she's yeah. currently binge watching is called Chicago fire. Yeah, that's true. And she yeah. is all up on it right now. And I know TV has got to have a lot of drama, um, in it, but I, you know, if, if for our listeners and me, if you've seen it or haven't seen it, check it out. Chicago fire. I found myself, I hovering mean, the, exe- over the watch- executive <laughs> producer is Dick Wolf. So I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> If you like some of the other shows that he's done, then Dick Wolf. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's a funny name, but he shows up on like what? C- not CSI. No, uh, Law and Order. Law I believe Order. he does Law yeah. and Order, yeah. which is also a really good show. Uh, so, anyways, but if you haven't seen it, uh, listeners, and you, Sean, if you haven't seen it, Chicago Fire. It, um, it might annoy you, Sean. <laughs> I I have not seen it. I will. You said Amazon. Okay, I got Amazon. <laughs> I got, I got a little bit of time right now. (laughs) So, um, no, I mean, good segue. Uh, now that we're kind of, um, again, for our listeners in the future or whenever you're listening to this, um, currently the state of California is in quarantine or sorry, not quarantine lockdown, meaning we are all self quarantining. A lot of us are working from home or, uh, other, and um, you, I think you have a valuable insight here, not only as a CrossFit coach, but as someone with some medical knowledge, right? I don't want to say you're, I don't want to convey that, you know, you're a medical expert. Epidemiologist. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I want to convey that. But I think you do have some little bit of insight more than the layman like myself of like, you know, A, what can the person at home, that CrossFit athlete do at home? And mm-hmm. B, you what are some safe practices for someone that 
does decide to venture out to grab groceries? What's some of the preventative steps they should take? Okay. Uh, let's see. So uh, I've still been pr- programming for the, the CrossFit community at, at Google, and I'm trying to look at it a little differently. I've put some, some workouts on there, like, you know, over the course of the day, just mm. accumulate this many push-ups and this many sit-ups, um, this many air squats, you know, some of the basic movements there. But I think you can, you can do things differently when you're, you know, you're at home and you've, you're trying to work and you're distracted by kids. Like maybe you're not going to get like, or maybe you don't have the attention span to do, you know, 45 minute hour workout, but maybe you can just get some activity in throughout the day. Um, just little spurts here and there. So I've been, I've been playing around with that myself. I, yeah. I put up this pull up bar in my house. That I showed you guys earlier. I was yeah. Really about. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Just doing like some, some pull ups here and there, some hangs every time I pass it. Uh, and then also I, I've just been watching all of the, all the CrossFit communities on like social media have been putting stuff out there. You know, definitely check it out. I think, uh, CrossFit West Santa Cruz has been putting out some great workouts. CrossFit Chalk, um, they've been putting out some great workouts. It just, you got to find whatever sparks your interest. Yeah. It really comes down to just keep moving. I mean, this is all about maintenance right now. We're not trying to... PR. Do, yeah, PR, setting <laughs> goals. Like, it's just about maintaining, make your, making yourself feel good, staying healthy. Yeah. Um, when we come out the other end of this, then we can we can hit it hard again and, and try to you know, set some PR, set some records or whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I have one other op- thing I was going to say. Uh, oh yeah. I saw some workouts of people working out with, with, uh, with friends and stuff. So you can, I saw CrossFit Chalk had this workout. It was, it was like 50 rounds for time with, uh, a partner so you could you know zoom or facetime your friend oh, cool. and like, you do around i do around you do around i do around and uh and i thought that was really cool just yeah. a way to you know find a little find a workout buddy keep you keep each other accountable um oh and then the last thing i'll say so this is a little bit based on theory but i i, I can't remember i heard this but right so this is a respiratory ailment yeah so Yes, we want to work out at home, but we don't necessarily want to be pushing so hard to the point where we're getting uh, like that burn in your throat, that like mm. brand lung, right? That kind of stuff is actually going to make you a little more compromised so that if you did contract something like it might actually, you know, make things worse. So just keep it below that, that level of intensity and, you know, a nice, nice steady pace yeah. throughout your workout instead yeah. of like spurts of trying to crush it <laughs> i know we're all getting weaker together so yeah. it's okay oh, yeah, that's, that's what, yeah who said that to me was that you, CC? yeah i said it i yeah. was like your percentile will still be the same <laughs> yeah exactly that's a good point right wherever you are everybody is also decreasing if you feel like you're losing strength don't worry you're still in the same percentile yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Well, out of curiosity, do you remember your first CrossFit workout? Oh man, no, I definitely don't. Do you? I know some people have like that classic. Yeah, like my first was like not mine personally, but like you know yeah. you hear them go like mine was Fran or whatever, and you're like, fuck, <laughs> I, that was your first. <laughs> I do remember my first CrossFit Open workout. Oh, I think this was it was in 2012, 
uh, cross it open 12.1. It was seven minutes of burpees and maybe correct me on that. Oh, yeah, seven minutes of burpees to a six inch target. Oh, geez. And, uh, yeah. I remember I was just like flopping myself on the ground on those burpees and just like, <laughs> I was really bouncing off the floor and like jumping back up. Um, it's actually a very effective. What was technique. your first, uh, workout? Do you remember C's? Uh, I think it was Fran. <laughs> really? Oh boy. I think really? it was. Yeah. It was thrusters way. and pull-ups, right? <laughs> did we do that? Yeah. You made me do Fran. <laughs> I did? Yeah. Oh, it was wow. horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> it was really, really terrible. Yeah. So yeah, you remember that feeling at the end of Fran? Yeah. Where your lungs were burning and it tastes like pennies. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh God, you had me do, it was like really lightweight too. Yeah, I might have made you do like like empty barbell Fran or something. I think we had like the, the training barbell and then okay. maybe like fives or something on fives and a, oh boy. And two and a half, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was sad. <laughs> it was like really lightweight, but I was still struggling. And then we had like, it was like banded pull-ups. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I remember that. That was horrible. <laughs> and I was like, why am I doing this right now? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll pull up your sheet. I, I think I still have the records. Yeah. I think, I think it's somewhere. It's like way down there. Like, yeah, like super, down, like super 15, the beginning. Yeah. Um, so going back to the volunteer firefighter thing, do you have any any interesting stories you can tell us? Interesting stories, obviously. Like not- maybe you were searching for a lost hiker and you came across a bear. What? <laughs> what? Oh, wow. <laughs> That'd be cool if I had that. No, I haven't encountered any bears. Oh, although let's see. Uh, I mean, we have we've had some hikers. Um, oh, I had the guys on shrooms. That was funny. What? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were just there, and, and yeah, these guys were we were we were hearing reports all day of there's some hikers like running through the like the open space naked, oh. and kind of I don't know if they were harassing people, but just you know, and they were on shrooms, so they were causing a bit of a scene. And <laughs> so some of my colleagues, you know, it was a busy day for some other reason, so we we kept hearing the radio traffic of you know, like, Hey, you know, we're getting reports of these guys. And so the mid mid pen Rangers were looking for them. And then ultimately, you know, they got them and, and they, and they just have them there, you know, no shoes. Like one of them missing a shirt. They're just like a mess. And, you know, it's a classic, but the cops were trying to, they just wanted to put them in the ambulance and like send them. They didn't want to arrest them. So yeah. It's like, trying so they called us and we were kind of like the medical the first medical um apparatus on scene and then and then another pair of uh some paramedics and and the ambulance showed up and they ended up taking them but yeah they it was just uh just some of the things they were saying i'm trying to remember what they said were they naked when you found them (laughs) they were not i think there was i I don't think i was on the call but i think there was a naked guy who was a similar situation i think that one was We get a lot of people who come up to this uh, neck of the woods to do hallucinogenic drugs. I bet. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a good call. <laughs> Everybody was okay, right? So yeah, like, of course. Yeah. yeah, they're just 
Um, have you ever had to use the jaws of life? I personally have not. I mean, just in training, uh, we have the the spreaders and the cutters uh, together. They make up the jaws of life. And yeah. yeah, I haven't had to use it on a call yet. You know, some of the rec that I've been on, we were able to kind of just pop the doors open. So, mm. well, that's yeah. good when you don't have to use extra tools. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> for sure. I got a question for you. Um, going way back, or something you alluded to earlier, maybe we can expand on just a little bit on this. Is um, you were you mentioned that you were kind of going after the competitive side of CrossFit. Um, yeah. You so you were. I would imagine. I mean, I would consider you now an an elite athlete. But what's it like being um, an athlete going after the games? Like you know, I know that was you said, like you mentioned earlier. That was a different part of your life. But like, what does it take? Do you feel to to become one of those upper echelon athletes in in, in the sport of CrossFit? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is is it takes time. Um, it takes, it takes like a level of, of commitment and discipline and, and being okay with, you know, skipping some other things. So, you know, there might be some trips that you wanted to go on. Well, you got to train. So maybe you're not going mm. to take that, you know, week and a half long vacation or, um, you know, you got, you know, you got to train on Saturday morning. So you're not going out drinking with your friends at, on Friday nights. Yeah. Um, I, I was always decent with like moderation. So I always tried to, you know, still, still have fun and, and enjoy people. But I definitely noticed that I, I definitely missed out on like some things some Vegas trips and yeah, some, some of that kind of stuff that, uh, so you just got to know what you're getting yourself into and, and realize that that's kind of what it takes. Yeah. And especially now, I mean, the, the, the sport has, has grown so much. I mean, when I was trying, it was, they were taking, they still had the regionals and they were taking, you know, 60 athletes. And then the next year they dropped it to 48 yeah. and then they dropped it to like top 20 in all of California. And so it was just like this moving target of, uh, of, of what it took to, to qualify for the regional level at least. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately, you know, now if anybody who follows CrossFit, it's like, everything's completely different. Yeah. But I think that's that's you know a recurring theme that we're hearing in, in interviewing some of these people. A lot of people is you know you got to make those sacrifices. You're not going to like the decisions you have to make in terms of you know life, right? Yeah, you, you can't, you, or even like the discipline to, to eating and staying in in a you know top tier mm-hmm. physical shape. You know, you've got to make those sacrifices. Is, is it worth that cookie? Is it worth that ice cream? Right. Obviously I'm going to say, yes, it's worth that cookie. Um, but, <laughs> and you know, I mean, sometimes it is. Like, I'm, there are definitely some cookies out there in the world. Right? Yeah. <laughs> worth it. But like, so. you know, like Matt Frazier says, hard work pays off. I mean, you just gotta work at it and you gotta stay disciplined at it. Right. So no, I think, you know, even now your, your current um, situation with, um, volunteering, right? You, it, like you said, you got to keep at it, and you got to enjoy the journey. You know, and there's going to be some sacrifices you have to make along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So, kind of, it's kind of related, not really. Um, <laughs> do you think that Matt Fraser, assuming that the games don't get canceled this year, do you think Matt Fraser will win the games 
one one more time. I mean, I got to go with history here. I don't see any reason why not. I don't see him slowing down. I don't know, unless you guys know something I don't know as far as injuries or something. But I think, you know, these CrossFit athletes, some of them just have this, that mental mm. orientation that, that makes them able to do it over and over and over again. And, and I feel like Matt Frazier's got that. You know, it's the same thing that uh, Rich Froning had. It's just this, like, unrelenting desire to, I don't know, to train, really. Yeah. I think Matt Frazier, from what I've seen from him, he just he seems to really enjoy the journey and just enjoys training and kind of the, and he seems like a kind of a, uh, indi- like a introvert, very indi- yeah, introverted, individualistic. He's in, this is kind of his, his craft. So I, I see him doing it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Cease? I don't know. Yeah, do think, I think, I think it depends. Cause I'm curious to see how hard other, like everyone's training with this whole COVID-19. Like, are they still training as hard as they normally do? I have no idea. I think he can do it. I hope he does. Like, I'm I mean, rooting for him. Yeah, I think he's got a killer garage gym if, from some of the stuff I've seen Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. So, right, so this is where it, you get momentum. When you've won this many, he is a professional athlete now. He's got, you know, whatever he made from the last however many years he's won now. It, it just, that just keeps, that momentum just pushes you forward. Now he has the ability to just train full time. He's got everything he needs. He's not... He's not getting shut down like some other athletes are. You know, people who go to a traditional CrossFit mm, box that's true. don't have access to a gym right now. Yeah, because... that's true. So I think he's got an advantage in all this. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see, especially with uh, Noah Olsen getting so close to getting that first place last year. Like, I think he's hungry for it. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what he brings to the table. But I think because Matt Frazier has won so many times, like, people like that target on his back just keeps getting bigger and bigger every time he wins. Yeah. Like someone wants to be like, no, I'm going to beat him. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, The games are in July. I hope they're, I hope they go. Yeah. I think it's like end of July, beginning of August, but I mean, who knows with, with coronavirus, like, I know it's crazy times for sure. Who knows what, like what happens? I mean, are they, how long is this going to last for? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Is the uh, coronavirus hitting you guys hard as far as, you know, your normal life goes? Um, for, It's been interesting. Yeah. I think the biggest for me is adjusting from, I, I like the separation from home and office for me. Mm-hmm. So the whole kind of like coder work from home thing is new to me. So not that mm-hmm. I code, but you know, like the working from home aspect. So yeah. uh, adjusting to home just adjusting to working from home has been a, a little bit of a battle. It's a lot more comfortable uh, than it was the first two weeks. Um, you know, uh, I think I'm adjusting, getting better at it, but uh, I've had to bring everything essentially from my office to, <laughs> to here just to, to, here. Make, yeah. to make make it kind of like work, right? Um, Cease has a little setup going. I do have a setup going, and it's been right. really interesting. <laughs> it's hard because... Like now, my personal life, my work life, and my gym life is all in one place. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 
you know, it's like when I leave work, I leave work and like I'm done with it. And then I go into the gym setting. I'm like, okay, cool. Like now I'm in the mindset of like working out. But when it's all in the same place, it's so hard to like escape, escape. Yeah. Like it's hard to get into that next mindset because you're technically still in your workspace, but you're also at home, but you're also at your gym. So it's hard to get into like the right mindset. I know. I've been trying to think of ways to, you know, to hack myself into, you know, getting the mood. I don't know if I need to put something on my calendar or <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll need to set up a, uh, a workout from home, uh, voice call or something or a video call. Cause I, I also falling prey to this. I'm like, I, man, it's hard to, to get the motivation to, train i know there's I agree so with many that. cookies and <laughs> chips and <laughs> yeah. oh you cc didn't tell well number one maybe this is a good segue for this we do have a youtube channel we and do. um well it's just basically the podcast overlaid with some video yeah. <laughs> but okay. we did a um a quarantine episode quarantine episode where okay. cc and i basically taste tested a bunch of different chocolates or candy bars candy bars yeah um so if any of our listeners for well okay hold on (laughs) this is gonna be a big debate but um technically i guess you won go ahead i think (laughs) technically arwen won because i did sort of cheat well so the way we set it up was um her, her her sisters um basically gave us we had to guess which um by the way, our listeners, you guys can watch it, F2F podcast on YouTube. But basically, the setup was um, they would feed us or hand us identical plates with a piece of candy bar on it, and we would have to guess which. We were blindfolded. We were blindfolded. We had to guess which brand it was. Um, we couldn't touch it. We could, you know, only sh- basically try to shovel it into our mouth. And yeah. so uh, we had to guess. And. Uh, there was some that we were kind of really surprised uh what they you know when we guessed and it was wrong we were like oh crap for me the best candy bar it's always been the best candy bar for me is mr good bar no it's good is that the one with like little rice krispies in it uh it has some crunch i think it has uh, some almonds or something in it um okay. yeah cc's was i liked the cookies and cream from oh yeah that's classic the hershey's oh yeah yeah. It's good, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I it's like so good. You can't say no. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Sean? What's, uh, I, I think Cece's mm-hmm. told me that you're, you, you like, you're a sweets guy like myself. What, I am. what is your go to kind of sweet or favorite candy bar? Hmm. I mean, I've been doing a lot of dark chocolate. I think I eat that. You know, I can convince myself that it's not necessarily candy. It's like, it's good for your, lowers your blood, yeah, you know, lowers like, blood uh, pressure, right? Yeah, so I, I, I do that a bit. Um, let's see, what are the, some of the brands? Like XOXO or... Uh, XOXO? Me and CC are looking at us. I'm like, what? We've <laughs> oh, never, never tried this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Endangered Species. That one's a good one. What you are know? these? What what underground candy bars are you getting yeah, and from where? <laughs> yeah, you can find like Whole Foods. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's see, like mainstream candy bars, I will probably... A big caramel guy. I was a big Carmelo when I was oh. a kid. Ooh, those are good. <laughs> okay, we're doing a candy bar run later. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so 
kind of to wrap everything up, um, so this is like kind of a question that we ask everyone kind of at the end of our podcast. Is there any like advice that you would give to past Sean? Whether it's like you from when you were like five years old or even if it was you from last year. Let's see. I mean, I probably tell myself to just like care less what other people think. Mm. Um, I don't think I'm like a huge, you know, I've kind of learned that over time, yeah. but it would have been nice to just learn that sooner. And yeah, just there's probably some opportunities that I missed because I was caring too much about what other people thought. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, I think that's in retrospect, even for past Arwen, I could simply like, man, really, you shouldn't have worried about that. Yeah. I get that. I, yeah. I, I'm very much related. I can relate to that. That's, that's pretty good advice. And then on the flip side, is there anything you want to know from future Sean? <laughs> future Sean. It's so hard to know. I don't know what I don't know, you know? Yep. Let's see. I guess I'd want to want to know if I had my priorities in the right place. Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. So like like should I should I change my priorities on anything? It might be what I would ask. Yeah. Um I don't know if that's specific enough. But no, that's that's good. Future Sean might know something about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a good answer. I'm like thinking about that, I'm like, dang. Yeah. If you have your priorities in the right order. Yeah, I always think of this story of like, you know, you never hear people on their deathbed saying like, oh, you really should have worked more. I wish I would have worked more. Mm. That would have been, right? It's always like people wish they would have spent more time with their families. Yeah. Or, build relationships or traveled or whatever. So yeah. I try to just like think about that now. I yeah. Guess. It's good. Yeah. Uh, well, Sean, uh, where can people follow you? And oh boy. Where, you know, if you have any social media, that yeah. they can follow you on. if not, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got social media. I've, I've actually re- only recently just started using Instagram again. I mean, I've basically been like a year and a half hiatus up from it. But uh, yeah, you can find me at FenderLayBender. That's on Instagram. Other than that, I mean, I don't really use anything else. I know. I told Arwen the other day, I saw you post on your story. And I was like, what? Sean posted something on his Instagram yeah. story? Well, people called me, <laughs> called me out, right? There was these like Instagram challenges going around. Oh, of course. I saw those too. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right. I don't want to like be rude. So <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll get back on. So... If you guys want to motivate Sean, definitely uh, tag him in an Instagram cha- uh, challenge. Yeah. Hey, I will do it. I probably have most of what I need. And if I don't, I'll just I'll just make something up. There you go. Well, Sean, thanks for taking some time out of your day to talk to two goofballs. One being yeah, your your client, uh, CC. No, it's, it's good to hear from CC. I mean, we used to hang out like all the time at, at Google. So there's, there's a handful of people that I'm definitely missing now that like shut down and, uh, and CC's one of them. So, Oh, she's definitely missing 
Yeah, you and the the and, and working out at an actual CrossFit facility. Uh, she's I know. Missing. I'm just like <laughs> I have nothing at home, and everyone's yeah. like, "They're like you have stuff." I'm like, "It's all for upper body," which is like the one thing I can't do oh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have like my rings. I have my TRX band. Yeah. I have. We have some the dumbbells. We filled the yeah, sandbags. The sandbags, right? You can do some like I do. I have the sandbags. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We did that the other day. That was <laughs> yeah. fun. Well, again, thank you very much, Sean, for joining Absolutely. us. And uh, everybody, go follow Sean on Instagram. And tag him in, like, all the... <laughs> he loves burpees, by the way, so you guys should definitely tag him in oh, burpee challenges. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know I'm really cocky about my burpees. You fun. are. I know. Yeah. You do fancy burpees. He doesn't just do burpees. He does, like, these fancy fly over the bar. Oh, my gosh. I'm the inverse of that. I hate burpees. <laughs> I absolutely, yeah. I, I absolutely hate. Well, them. I don't think Sean loves them. I think he's just really good at them. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're okay, like, okay. You challenge me to ten burpees. Here we go. <laughs> I think anybody that loves burpees is a sociopath. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Sean, for joining us. And um, thank you, guys. Please uh, enjoy your quarantine. Stay safe out there. Don't touch your face. <laughs> Don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. That is the name of the episode. <laughs> Don't touch your face. I <laughs> like it. Sean Bender. <laughs> know what to do with your hands. All right. All right, Take Sean. Easy, you too, oh, man. Thanks, Sean. Take it easy. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. Well, that was a great episode. If you guys want to listen to other great episodes, please check us out on Instagram. F2F Podcast is our Instagram handle. Of course, we're also on YouTube, as we mentioned also known as F2F Podcast. And you can check us out online, f2fpodcast.com. And you can also hear us anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. So thanks so much for joining us today, guys.